This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, 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 and that may be expanding soon enough. i am uh, got a deal in the works. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, I've been pretty quiet for quite a while because of the COVID and everything, but you know, things are starting to loosen up now a little bit, right as the internal combustion engine dies. Well, maybe that's not true. George Kennedy III joining us. He works with car tender, car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and he's here for the drive. Speaking of the drive, what have you been driving? <laughs> I, yeah, speaking of hyphen, yep. I have been driving the uh, all-new Ford F-150 Lightning, the, oh. the all-electric take on uh, the Ford F-150. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so have you seen, and, I, and maybe you haven't because it just came out, there was a big story about the Lightning and how Motor Trend and I wish I could have read it. I didn't. I just, it was kind of like a uh, social media thing. And I thought, ah, I don't have time to read that. But I, I get it. They said the Ford Lightning F-150 Lightning, the electric truck, did not fare so well when towing. So for those who want to know about that particular part of it, which it only makes sense, come on. But anyway, just go to MotorTrend.com, put Lightning Towing Capability or something. But anyway, um, so as a, a vehicle, take towing out of it for a moment because I know they, they, you know they have certain ratings and different battery sizes for farther towing capabilities. But there's so many variables, George, with electric vehicles, cold weather and all that kind of crap. But how did you like it? You're a big, tall guy, six foot three or something. There's got to be yep. plenty of room in there for you. But how did you like it overall oh, yeah. as a vehicle? What's important to remember is there are still trucks out there, you know, conventionally powered trucks out there that can tow, you know, incredible amounts. And the fact of the matter is a lot of trucks these days are used the way that a Ford Taurus or uh, some other family sedan was being used 20 years ago. Right. As a grocery getter, right. as a weekend warrior vehicle. And in doing those things, this truck is fantastic. Remember, there is no internal combustion engine up front. So what do you have? Boom, you hit the uh, trunk release button. The big Ford grill opens up, and you've got a frunk there, right. a front trunk. Right. Right. So what's helpful about that is that it's got a high load level. So, you know, not a ton of space. I think it's like 14 cubic feet of cargo space, but... You can put some groceries there without, you know, having to bend over or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and what's what's great too is that you know you've got the battery sort of in the bottom in that sort of skateboard quote unquote configuration right. that automakers are using for EVs, and it makes the vehicle handle really well. It's got a ton of power from just absolutely zero RPM, and because the, you know we talked about in the past that algebra equation of the size of the vehicle versus how much battery capacity it has versus weight. The size of this vehicle lends itself to a battery that's big enough that it can actually go something like 270 miles on a single charge. Combine that with EV fast charging, and you have a really practical truck for going you know, relatively long distances. So a friend of mine lives in yeah, somewhere in Tennessee. I don't even want to give where it was because I don't remember. But he says he got a 
electric vehicle as a loaner car from an auto manufacturer to do a test drive review. And so he did a search for one of these, you know, charging stations. There was two within like a hundred miles. Two. And I so, mean, look, nothing comes from zero. I know. Right? Yeah. Where where we are right now isn't where we're going to be. And don't let perfect get the enemy of good. I think that, yeah, of course, you know, if you want to go across country, there's a way to do it. If you live in a rural area, the charging network might not be there. But I also wouldn't tell people, hey, the one use case that you have where you are going, you got to pull, you know, a horse trailer once every six months from Minnesota to Texas be the end of, well, they shouldn't make any electric cars ever again because it doesn't fit no, my specific case. I, I get that. Right? I get that. Right? But, and here's the thing. I bought a, um, a Jeep Gladiator pickup truck, which is just a light-duty truck. And the other day, and I got a diesel model, which is kind of rare. People don't even know they make them in diesel. The other day, I bought a um, excavator, a little Caterpillar excavator. It weighs 9,000 pounds. It's a 304 is the one. It weighs 9,000 pounds. I put it on my trailer, put it behind my little Jeep that only weighs 6,000 pounds. And let me tell you what an experience that was. But uh, I only had to go two miles, to your point. So it, it did fly. I went 23 miles an hour, top speed. Anyway, we'll take a break. Um, yeah, these small trucks can do a lot. Electric vehicles can do a lot. But it depends on your application, really. We'll take a little break. You're listening to The Drive. Hey, brother, don't go anywhere. For you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car, not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. You're listening to The Drive All Across America, presented in part by Subaru Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Thanks to the Subaru folks for sponsoring the show for so many years. Uh, George Kennedy's joining us. He's with Car Tender, Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and The Drive. He's driving the F-150 Lightning all-electric truck. And uh, I, George, I got to tell you, I could live with this vehicle. I could because I live in a small town. I live in Oregon where it's... Just a little farming community. I've got cows and goats and rabbits and chickens and alpacas. And, you know, and I don't go very far. Like, you know, I mean, to Costco is like 22 miles. But the range you're talking about there, no problem. Go there six times back and forth. And But going on a long trip, I would probably not take it only because I don't want to have to plan out every stop. Like, you know, I want to stop when I'm ready to stop. I don't want to stop because I, well, I mean, with gasoline, you have to. But gasoline powered vehicles 
Some of these vehicles, you can go six, 700 miles without stuff. Your bladder can't go that far. Well, but, you know. hold on, Alan. You've got a diesel pickup, like you said. Right. There are certain parts of the country where you got to think about, well, yeah, okay, and the fact that the diesel is you can go pretty far in a single tank. Right. But you do have to think about, well, where's the other diesel station? Yeah, but where's you know what? I don't go to Beverly Hills. I, that's the only place I have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. No, the point is that there are various modes of propulsion, right? Right. And we're in the early phases of, of electric, right? And people might feel like they're getting shoved down their throat. There are other buyers being like, thank God, this is what I've been waiting for. Well, it takes all kinds. I've been using, right? Yeah, it takes all kinds, yep. But here's the thing. My son-in-law bought a 2021 F-150 a lariat, loaded, four-wheel drive, hybrid. And now, I think that is brilliant. You know, he's still got a generator. You know, the truck itself is a generator, basically. It's got a big battery, so you can use the battery. And when the battery runs low, the engine starts up. And it's, you know, for a job site, he's a contractor. It's brilliant. But when yeah, I mean, you know... You and I talked about that before, that the, the plug-in hybrid is a great best-of-both-worlds scenario, right? right? right. There are some people that want to go full electric, though, but I, I agree with you that that basically is the silver bullet. And, you know, EV evangelists will, you know, bellyache that it's over-engineered and doesn't solve both things, but it addresses the ability of being able to drive around town for zero emissions driving and then being able to cover long distances at the same time. Well, and also in some cities, you cannot even use a generator on a job site. Too dirty. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, th- and then here's the other one now. So I've laid it out, you know, why, you know, electric to me is, ah, I don't know. It's a, it's fine, <laughs> but the price is the second thing. How much is this truck? So the Ford F one hundred and fifty Lightning starts at just under forty grand, yeah, um, and then the the fully loaded Super Crew Platinum four wheel drive starts at ninety thousand. We drove the <laughs> we drove the Lariat, which starts at sixty seven thousand. Right, and I can show you twenty to thirty other trucks out there on the market that cost about that much. I know. When you start to, when you start to build out pickup trucks, and besides. People are over-leveraging, over-borrowing through the roof yep. to buy some of these new trucks. So it's, it, you know, 67, 80,000, that's not a big number these days for a full-size pickup truck. No, that's kind of the, you know, that's, that's where we're at in this world today. But mm-hmm. also, you know, the making of the batteries and everything else. I know you're, you've driven two electric vehicles I think also listen, the yeah the the background on the battery stuff and the carbon footprint yeah. is dubious like the the math on that's dubious yeah where you plug into is connected maybe either to a nuclear power plant to a coal fired power plant right the whole world isn't on wind yet but the whole yeah no it's, I, it's, I agree it's one of these things where any uh, nuanced information is responded with by pulling out air by somebody who's either you know, a big ICE internal combustion advocate right. or an electronic electric vehicle advocate. Okay, right? so when I showed this two years ago on Kelly and Ryan's show on ABC, I literally said to the Ford representative, I said, you know what? I want one of these. I'll buy one. He goes, well, you know, it's going to be a while before they're available. Because at the price they were quoting at the time was like right around 50 for a nicely equipped one. I thought, I'll buy one. I could live with one. But as mm-hmm. we found... 
You know, there are people paying $50,000 over window sticker for these silly things. Uh, the 2022 model's already sold out. Yeah, so there you like, go. Get a, get a right. 23 and, and hope for there. All right, hang hang on. Uh, what I want to do is you got two electric vehicles, uh, the Hyundai Kona EV next. Uh, you guys are listening to The Drive. George Kennedy the third with us. I'm Alan Taylor. We'll be right back. More electric cars. Yeah! Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, this is The Drive. I'm Alan Taylor. George Kennedy's driving some electric cars. I don't know if they're driving him or he's driving them. Um, I said, more electric cars. I... Look at, I don't make any bones about it. I'm not an electric car guy. Not that I couldn't be, but there's just too much in the way of it being my my daily machine. Too many reasons. And, and so I, I make no bones about it, but I, I appreciate, George, I appreciate the engineering and the difficulty in building a car or truck or anything in this in this world today. And I think that they have done a beautiful job. Then comes the politics, which makes me go again. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, yeah. I mean, you know, look, look, we get vehicles dropped off. They are consumer products, and my job is to drive them like a consumer, right? Somebody who's already purchased that product would use in their daily life, right? Yep. Go to the store, yep. go charge it up, go visit friends and family. And, yeah, the fact that I live on the coast might make me a quote-unquote coastal elite where, you know, <laughs> I have access to different things like a more robust charging network. Uh, but I'm also not going to hold my nose at certain things and say, hey, it's this or it's that. No, I don't it's hold my nose. I go, That's you know? what I do. There's no holding the nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just belch freely. That's right. <laughs> but, again, I don't not like the vehicle. It's not the vehicle's fault. It's like trying to say that guns kill people. It's not the gun. It's the lunatic holding the gun. But that's the problem. The politicians are really dividing people because they're trying to shove it down our throats. And California is a perfect example. One of the kids sends me this meme of the Titanic, right? And it's the Titanic sunk at night. And he says, uh, here's the difference between California and the Titanic. At least the lights were on the Titanic when it sunk. <laughs> anyway, so because <laughs> the lights aren't going to be on. Anyway, point is, you're driving now a Hyundai Kona EV, another electric vehicle. And again, you're a big guy. Did you fit okay in there? Yeah, I mean, this car is probably on the complete opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to electric vehicles. This is what I think more electric vehicles should be. I fit into it fine because at the end of the day, it's still a Hyundai Kona, which is a subcompact SUV, which is sort of replace the hatchback as the de facto quote-unquote affordable car and we say affordable 
the automakers have found a nice way to give a car a two-inch lift and charge six or seven more grand than you would otherwise. But it is a economical, quote-unquote, car that has a decent range. Once again, 258 miles. That's almost as much as the Ford F-150 Lightning extended range. And it's meant for commuting. It's meant for weekend trips. It's, you know, you're not going to cross the country in it. That's a 3%, you know, percentile use case, right? right this right, is just right. for getting around town and getting groceries and going through daily life. And in that sense, it does a great job. And I've driven the Hyundai Kona and I've driven an electric one. It's a nice little car. You're not going to be towing anything with it. So you're not going to... Um you weren't going to be towing yeah. anything with the regular Kona. Let's look right. Well, real. for sure. Right. But what I'm saying is that what you're towing in it is your big fat body and your 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 friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a little bit of your junk. This makes sense because a little commuter car. It's a whole other story. But if you start right. adding, you know, truck capabilities to it, I have a GMC one ton dually diesel. You know, I weighed the other day. I went through the the weighed scales at thirty thousand pounds, truck and trailer, and and a, a big loader that Yeesh. I had. Yeah, big boy. Right. I mean to tell you, but you know, I've got first of all, I've got uh, you know a twenty four thousand pound trailer, so it wasn't overloaded. But I got to tell you, man, the brakes on the trailer are great. I got exhaust brake. I've got I've got tow haul mode, so it changes the way the transmission shifts. It'll downshift for you when it feels you touch right. the brake. All these things are what you want out of a truck is electric what you want out of a truck unless you're just, you know, like you said, well, using I mean, it as a that's car. The thing I would say there are folks who are contractors that use their truck every day. There are folks like you that have, you know, out-of-work interests that they need their truck for towing and hauling. There are a whole bunch of people out there that use their truck as a car, truck, quote unquote, truck, truck work right. once a month. If that, right. And a vehicle that does what the lightning can do is perfectly suited for no, that. No, no, I get it. I get it. I, that's why I bought the Jeep. I want something to run around town. I got a little teeny little bed in there. You can put one brick, <laughs> but, but right. Um, right. okay. Right. So back and to the, again, back to the Kona. Let's not lose the Kona yeah. real quick. Cause I only got about a minute yeah. <laughs> left. How much is this little Kona? Just curious. The Kona EV. Yeah, so it starts at $34,000 for the SE trim. There's an, a mid-level SEL, and then our limited trim costs $42,000, which is a little much for a subcompact SUV. Yeah. But what you're paying for is a whole lot of creature comforts, leather seating, yeah. heated and cold seats. And one more thing, too, is that the low position of the battery in the floor makes the Kona, which is already a sporty standout among the subcompact set, I think even more responsive going into turns with that low center of gravity. Yeah. Look, it's a nice little car. Not a darn thing wrong with it. A lot of money, but there's probably a $7,500 rebate for different states. God knows what. You know, but you got to look into it. But that's why the price is up there like that. That car should be 30 or less. I don't care what anybody sure. says. And, yeah. and, and, and flat screens 10 years ago cost six grand. Right? I, I, now exactly. Can, now I can go get right. a 65 inch for, no, right. for, for, for $500. Yeah, so, well, you know, I used one. But anyway. Come down. Right? <laughs> All right, well, listen, electric vehicles, uh, George Kennedy, thank you. Uh, Ford F-150 Lightning and the Hyundai Kona EV. Nothing wrong with either one. They're great cars, engineered wonderfully. If you like electric cars, here's a couple choices for you. We'll yeah, be right back. I'm not, I'm not an EV evangelist. I'm not a I know you're not. I'm in the metal trying to report on balance. There you go. <laughs> I try to do the same, but bleh! Uh, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> 
The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, our next guest is my friend, George Moody. I mean, Brian Moody. He's such a good friend. I got his name right on the tip of my tongue. He works for, uh, uh, hold on, let me think about it. Auto Trader, that's what it is. George, how you doing? I mean, oh, uh, Brian, uh, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> Do me a favor. Don't talk oh, about electric good, cars. What? Yeah, Randy, how's it going? Don't talk about electric cars, please. I just had two two uh, cars talked about on, and I look at I got nothing. There's not no problem with electric cars. It's the politics. It's killing me. Sorry. Here's the part that bothers me about the cars is that right now they're about five percent of the market, right? Yeah. In some states, much less. Yep. What would be your guess as to the percentage? of headlines they get in terms of mainstream media. I don't know the number. I'm just saying what's oh, your guess. Oh, my gosh. Literally, probably right now, it's my guess that it's 80%. Right. If it's automotive topic, it's 80% electric car. Yeah. And so I don't, again, I'm like you. I don't mind. I, I think there are some really good ones. I just drove the Nissan Aria. It's a great SUV. It has hands-free driving. It's great. But here's the problem that I have. How do you talk about those cars when you know that the take rate is low and you know that in some states across the country, they're asking people to not charge their cars up? So what do you do if you want to give consumers good advice? How do you legitimately tell them, go get one of these cars that, oh, and by the way, don't charge it up because there's not enough electricity? Well, first of all, I commend you for having the honesty to actually say those words because that is the truth right there like right. i said there's nothing wrong with the automobile the engineering is fantastic it is matter and of fact they're very fun to drive if they weren't politically trying to beat us over the head with them i would be praising everything about them with the exception of and until we have an infrastructure for charging them we still have to keep using our internal combustion vehicles, you know, more often, I guess, than, right. than, than the electric. And that's going to be the case for a real long time. I, I think mean, so let's too. be honest. Yeah, We're going to exactly. have gasoline-powered cars for a while. I actually think that the best way is to have a balance, to have some hybrids, yeah. some plug-in hybrids, right. some electric cars, and some gas-powered cars. Because one of the things we never hear in the conversation is when people say, oh, we want the air to be cleaner. Okay, granted. By the way, did you know that in 1967, there were about 180 smog alerts in L.A.? By 2019, that was down to zero. Right. How do we do that? Electric cars? Not really. No. So it's good to have the conversation about cleaner air. I think we should all have that conversation. But why don't I ever hear any discussion about 
what does it look like 50% of the fleet is electric yeah. or 20% or 90%? It's always all or nothing, and that always scares me. All or nothing conversations are frightening. Yeah. So I saw a, a uh, skit from Saturday Night Live. I posted it on my, uh, my Facebook page. And it didn't get a, it didn't get a lot of thumbs ups. It was a skit from Saturday Night Live, 2016. Elaine from Seinfeld, whatever her name is, Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus, right? And it was the new Mercedes Benz AA, and it was an electric car, and it was powered all by AA batteries. And everywhere <laughs> throughout the car, there were AA batteries. And at the end, she says, and changing the batteries is so easy. You can just do a battery dump at any time. And she pushes this button and two little hatches open on the quarter panels of the car. And it dumps about, a, you know, a thousand pounds of batteries on each side. The little double A batteries on each side of the car. Yeah. It was so funny from 2016. So I think, you know, there's. They, saw it. they sort of saw it coming. They saw it coming. Yeah. So, I mean, and. I don't know. I like I said, nothing wrong with the electric cars. It's the politics right now that's driving. No, because the product itself, the thing itself, the Nissan Aria, the Ford F one fifty Lightning, the Kia EV six, on their own as a thing, it's a really good thing. Exactly, it does cool stuff. Right, the attention to detail is spectacular. Um, all of that. So we're, there's no criticism about the actual cars themselves. Some of them are really quick. Right. And yeah. who can't get behind that? Right. Hey, but, so, you know, like you said, there's other things to concern ourselves with. Right. And I have a Clubman golf cart, just so you know. It's it's an electric golf cart. But I also mm-hmm. have a Clubman with an internal combustion engine because it's a little more off-roady. And, you know, I, I can't bring a gallon of electricity up to the mountain. So, you know, I have both, but I don't want them to say, no, you're only going to have electric car or electric golf carts or whatever it is. I, I just don't want it. This is America. That's so, so I just yeah, am I think frustrated by it. Is the solution both is for the long term. Sol- and speaking of the solution, what are you going to be talking about here today? Where do you want to tee things up? Okay. I wrote something that you tell me what you think about this. I think sleepers cars that are quick but don't look like it are way cooler than obvious blinged out tricked out rides i've always felt that way to the point that when i was in high school i bought a datsun 240z and i put a chevy v8 under the hood and you know what oh that's cool it absolutely flew unless you could hear it which you could but, you know, nobody would believe what that thing did. It was a bit of a sleeper because right. they weren't really super fast cars. They cornered pretty well. But when you put a V8 yeah. in a little light sports car, you know, who did that? Carol Shelby with the Cobra, right? So um, right. I, I agree with you. I 100% agree. I, I think that sleepers are just they're, they're a little more fun because you like to surprise people. What the heck was that? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I used to go to the races at Sears Point in California, and there was these two cars that just blew the pants off everybody else. One of them was uh, a late 80s Mustang LX V8, so the notchback kind. Right. Not a GT, not the big louvers and ground effects, and then also a Peugeot 505 STI. Oh, And that was a four-door sedan. The guy would go out there and clean up at the races. Then he would pull into the pits, 
open up all four doors, his kids would jump in. They'd probably go to McDonald's Jumpy Jump Playland or something, <laughs> eat lunch, come back to the pits. Family gets out, go out there and win some more races. That I is, just thought that was super cool. <laughs> that is funny. All right, hold tight. We'll take a little break. This is Dream Machine, Steve Piercy. Um, is it Percy? Piercy. P-E-A-R-S-R-C-Y. Yeah, Piercy, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, but I like Dream Machine. So we're talking about some Dream Machines. Maybe your Dream Machine's an electric car. I don't know. I wouldn't mind having one of those Lucid Airs. Those are pretty awesome. There are some awesome cars. The, the new Hummer. A thousand horsepower? Yeah. There are some awesome cars, but don't shove it down my throat! Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. This is... The Drive with Alan Taylor. Brian Moody joining us, executive editor of autotrader.com. Yes. You know, you know what, Brian? That is exactly right. Yeah. You said something that I, I really respect. Um, you said, you know, how do I do my job, which is to report on using wisdom in purchasing a vehicle for your family and yourself. And there are things right. that are going on in this world that we need to talk bluntly about. And it may be, some of it is uncomfortable, some of it is not favorable to everybody. But I respect yeah. that you are even willing to say that because some people are just, they just are in the groove and they're going to go where everybody else goes. And I don't want to be a lemming in my life. You know how lemmings are. They, well, one goes because off. I think some people turn out to be apologists and they turn out to be apologists for whatever is popular. Right. The truth is there's good and bad to most things. If you go to Portland, Oregon and drive an electric car and they get their electricity based on hydro. Oh, my gosh, you're living the dream. A totally renewable resource that doesn't pollute and you're driving around in a personal transportation great yeah, amazing yeah. that's a terrific solution what about everybody else well everybody else is going to be chasing you to try and steal your car because now they go to jail and get out without even having to pay a fine so yeah i don't know about portland that's not a great place to go but anyway i'm just joking <laughs> you gotta admit that's funny anyway what else do you got to talk about yes i'm gonna get myself yes, in trouble by the way i believe stephen piercy the song that you just played was the singer from rat if you remember that band Little uh, little music trivia for you there, Alan. Is it Stephen Piercy? Is that who it was that I was trying to figure out who it was? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the singer from the <laughs> '80s group The Rat. Okay, I am like the anti-music guy. Just so you know, I had dinner with uh, what's his name? Let's see, Led Zeppelin. What's the the Jimmy Jimmy Page? And Page, yeah, I was with Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. I was doing a show with him. And this guy named Jimmy gets in the car, and so uh, 
I'm like, oh, hi, Jimmy. You know, we go to dinner. We eat dinner. We go to drinks afterwards. And then uh, one of the guys, uh, well, Billy, gets up to go to the bathroom. And I'm sitting there with this guy, Jimmy. I go, so, Jimmy, what do you do? He says, uh, you don't know who I am, do you? And I said, no, I don't. I said, but you don't know who I am, so be careful. He says, well, have you ever had a, <laughs> you ever had a Led Zeppelin? I said, yeah, it's a band. And he goes, no, but it's my band. So I called my friend and I go, who's Jimmy Page? And he goes, why? I said, I just had dinner with him. I had to ask him who he was. Anyway, that's me. So I, I, don't, I don't know who these people are. I just ask me about cars. <laughs> you know, I'm the guy who can't find a 10 millimeter wrench ever. That's who I am. <laughs> there you go. All right. So I, I see you have something teed up here and I'm sure it'll be entertaining. What do you got? Dark car interiors are ugly this is where I you want to like go <laughs> this is where you i go. think dark car if you have a car that's done in black and in the inside <laughs> it looks cheap it looks like they cut corners oh it my looks like gosh. you owned it in here's why here's why here's why i say that have you ever seen a show car an all new show car here's our latest model here's our top of the line and you go look at it and the interior is black a place where light goes to die. No, you've never seen that because light showcases that interior design the best. Yes. Light colored interiors are way better than dark colored interiors. I would agree, except in my Jeep, when I ordered it, I ordered black interior with red stitching and I like it mainly because vomit does not show up on the black leather. That's that's the main reason. Who's Bob? <laughs> well, whoever drives with me is gonna barf. That's all there is to it. But uh, anyway, that's funny. Oh my oh, god! Where do you come uh, up okay, with this? Uh, the, the stitching, I get it. The stitching is nice, and there are some that do it well. Mazda does a great job with dark interior. So does Mercedes Benz and Lexus. They do a really good job because they provide these different, you know, textures and and you know, glossy and yeah. not. Here's the thing that just started to bug me. You ever heard this term when you listen to car speeches? They hear, oh, well, we have piano black on the interior. Right. What is that? <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's a thing that they made up. Aren't pianos made from wood? Yeah. Aren't they mostly wood colored? Uh, I've I seen white ones. Is, grand know. pianos. Yeah. But I've still seen white ones. You know, it's you, you're right, though. It's right. all part of the marketing. But I got to say, yeah, you know, no I mean, I prefer a black interior because it doesn't show dirt as easily. It also, my wife had a, oh, what car was it she had? Anyway, she had one of her cars and she likes wearing, you know, fashion blue jeans. And, oh, I know which one it was. We got a Ford Expedition about, gosh, you know, 10 years ago. Beautiful tan leather interior. The driver's seat the edge of it turned where you get in turned blue and and where you sit it turned blue from the the dye in the blue jeans you know so mm -hmm. this doesn't happen on black you know well so. what you do is i'm going to drop some knowledge on you right here this is going to be life changing for you you ready for this yeah. what you do is you go down to your local auto parts store Scotch guard. and you buy this spray bottle of cleaner uh. and <laughs> the blue comes it's it, 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 they have it for the outside of the car too, just so you know. Yeah, not like you can also clean. <laughs> not after years of wearing blue jeans, it just doesn't come off. I'm sorry, we tried to get it off with everything. I actually had to have the seat dyed before it was all said and done. All right, hold tight. One more car. Well, you don't wait. You don't wait. You got to do it right up front. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, one we're going to talk about when we come back: uh, a, a car instead of an idea. We'll be right back. It's the drive. 
Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Hey, brother, there's an endless road to rediscover. Yes, there is, and it is uh, driving vehicles on that endless road to rediscover. Brian Moody joining us. He's the executive editor of Autotrader.com. You can buy and sell and find information there about cars, trucks, SUVs, minivans, whatever it is you're into, even electric cars. Brian Moody joining us. Uh, Brian, I know you have something brilliant to talk about. What you got? Yeah, what do you think about these cars that supposedly drive themselves? You know, Tesla just raised the price of their full self-driving feature. Maybe that's poorly named because you got to put your hand on the wheel. Yeah. Uh, $15,000 to add that feature to the car. And it's in beta testing. So I don't know how you feel about someone saying, would you like to pay me so I can test my product on you? Well, I got to tell you, 15000 bucks is half the price of the 2021 Nissan Rogue SL that we got that has something called Pro Pilot, which is it sounds like what you're talking about. It's it drives itself other than you gotta have your hand on the wheel. And if you don't, it feels Similar. that. Yeah. So that's half the price of my car, and you're paying that extra on a Tesla? Uh-uh. Not gonna. Right. I think on uh the Chevy Bolt, if you want to add Super Cruise, right. It's about twenty two hundred dollars. So Cheap. Nissan, you mentioned the Nissan Rogue that you have. Yeah. Uh, we had one of those, too. I really liked it. Yeah. The Pro, Pro Pilot keeps the car in the center of the lane. It also has adaptive cruise control, which means that it will speed up and slow down with the flow of traffic. Right. But now Pro Pilot 2, this is Pro Pilot 2.0 for Nissan, is a completely hands-free driving experience. So you wow. set it just like you set the adaptive cruise control. You press the Pro Pilot button, and it's on the highway, and you can take your feet off the pedals and your hand off the wheel. Not just for a short period of time, but for miles or hours, so long as you're wow. on one of these mapped roads. Wow. And that's in the database. Wow. And you can just cruise hands-free. you got to still pay attention, but you don't have to be steering. The car will steer, accelerate, and brake for you. It works pretty well. Some work better than others. The right. Nissan version seems to work pretty well because when it does kind of time out, meaning it's not based on time, it's based on condition. So if you're cruising along on a mapped highway you know, navigating your, you know, pro pilot hands-free. And then there's a construction zone. Well, that obviously construction zone wasn't there when they mapped the highway. So it's going to tell you, Hey, you got to take over, but it steps you down to just, you know, the adaptive cruise control it doesn't just turn the whole thing off altogether. So it will still keep the car going and steer and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I was impressed with the way that it worked. Yeah. It's easy to use. I think the application is good for highways. Tesla is supposed to work on side roads, too. So that's one advantage if you're into Teslas. Yeah, but $15,000? I'm sorry, Tesla. I'm well, you can also know. subscribe, I think. Uh, again, back to the subscription thing. I mean, a few weeks, or I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago, we talked about BMW. And in some countries, you can subscribe to having heated seats and a heated steering wheel for $12 a month. It's like, who's going to do that? I don't know. I just, I like the idea of what Nissan is doing because, first of all, Nissan is an affordable machine. 
I've told people for decades that Nissan is probably one of the yeah. most overlooked car companies on the market. They make good machines. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So uh, glad for Nissan that they're yeah. coming out with if, this. If I could just sign up for something, I would take like an Armada or the Rogue was a, is a great small SUV. Like yeah. I think better than the competition. If you're comparing it to like a RAV4, if you're comparing it to a CRV, I think the Rogue's a little bit nicer. You know what? And I told my wife for our, you know, we've been together for 40 years. Imagine that. I said, you can buy whatever, wow. whatever you want to buy. Let's just go buy you a car for our anniversary. And she's like, well, let, let me go look. And I, I talked about this, you know, a year or so ago when we did this. She looked at everything and I'm like, you know, buy a Subaru. I love Subaru. You know, no, no, no. Let me keep looking. Buy a Lincoln. I, lo I love Lincoln. You know, there was all these wonderful machines out in yeah. 2021 and they were still available. Of course, now a lot of things aren't available. And I was trying to, you know, push her into something because I was getting tired of driving every damn car on the market. But she finally, yeah. we went to the Nissan dealer and they had just gotten the 2021 Rogue, which is a new body, right? 21 is the new body, 22 that's right. out right now. Same right. exact. Beautiful. I said, my God, that thing looks like a Range Rover. It's so good looking. So we took it for a drive Well, and it was only 32,000 bucks. It. Yeah. It's like, it was half the yeah, money, like right? Talk about half the money of so the Lincoln. I tried to talk my wife into one of those 70s station wagons. So it's like clamshell GM station wagons. Yeah. Like the, you know what I mean? I said, I'm, we'll spend money on it. We'll get it all fixed up. It'll be like just safe, like a brand new car, new engine. Everything works, air conditioning, everything rebuilt. You know, I was thinking a new car costs 30 grand. I'll buy this one for, you know, 10 and I'll spend another 20 on it. It's going to be awesome. You're going to look so oh, cool. Man. And I give her this whole spiel. She and says, guess what she says at the end of that? Nope. After my whole 20 minute spiel, you know what she says? What? Volvos are cute. She said, I want a divorce because you're nuts. <laughs> 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 Brian Moody's with autotrader.com. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yep. All right. There's another hour coming up. Stay with us. It's the drive. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio There's host, a party. Alan There's Taylor. a party going on. There's a party going on. There's a party going on in the office next door, and I'm doing a radio show. Keep it down in there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They don't invite me until the last minute, but I got to do an interview, and of course, it's Josh Hancock. Hollywood car consultant, joshcar.com. How you been, Josh? What's going on? There's a party I've going been, on here. Frank, <laughs> I've been very well, Alan. Thank you. <laughs> Where have you been 
all over the country. I have mostly been in New England in yes. the past almost two months. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they let it's you totally they, different what, car culture there. Yeah. Well, I know the prison vehicles, right? Is that what it's, you were uh, doing some maintenance work over there? They let you out. <laughs> I had two vehicles on long-term use. Well, I won't say that. I had a Mercedes on a long-term loan. I had a F-150 Lightning Platinum Ooh. for a week on the roads of Maine, which was a real gift because I've driven one here in California in the city of Los Angeles, but to get one out on those roads and kind of really use it, was very different. Yeah. Well, I've talked to a lot of people about this vehicle. I have yet yep. to find anybody that doesn't love it for all the lovable reasons. Isn't you know. that amazing? I find that to be true, and I've got a neighbor who, after driving this, and then I let him have it for a full day, he is trading. He's already gotten a number for his three-year-old full-size Range Rover, and he's going to get an F-150 Platinum. So we talked about this the other day uh, on the radio show. I'm not sure if it was on the show or just me having a nightmare, a dream, talking. You know, I talk. Sure. I'm that guy who walks down the street talking to myself. But anyway, I've known that yeah. the new trucks. Just you keep your thoughts to yourself. I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> the new trucks are luxury vehicles. Yes. Criminy's sake. I'll finish your thought. Okay. We're like the odd couple. No, honestly, yeah. my son-in-law has a 2001 F-150, and I don't think it's even a Platinum. It's just like, you know, a loaded, yeah. or maybe it is a Platinum. But anyway, it's really, it's delicious. You get inside and you go, I could live in here. This is, this yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't I, you know. I, you know, look, Americans love big, heavy, powerful vehicles. That's why we moved into the SUV range. But we came out of the 50s, and they love big, heavy vehicles. And, and so that's what this F-150 is, although it's quiet. The new independent rear suspension makes it very smooth. And then you've got this platinum interior, which what I think Ford does a little bit better than GM and Ram is that they understate the interior and it doesn't scream and yell American as much as the other two. Mm. So somebody like this buyer who's coming out of a Range Rover can live with it. Mm. You know, you talk about GMC for a moment. I had the equivalent yep. fully loaded whatever package is the top package. And when yeah. they when they came to pick it up after a week, the guy says, did you try tailgating? And I go, no, I don't tailgate. If I tailgate, it's with a bale of hay. And, yeah. and I had been moving hay with it. And the guy yeah. goes, there's a stereo in the tailgate. Did you know this? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, what? I go, what? He goes, yeah, right here. He lifts it up. And what do you think? It's full of hay. And he starts laughing, you know, because <laughs> I got to throw four bales of hay every day to these cows I have. So, yeah, I did oh not know, God. but it's, I mean, it's fantastic. And it's got speakers yeah. and, you know, and it's got that fancy little tailgate thing that does about 50 yeah. things. You know? But literally, these new vehicles are so complicated 
that you need to have it for a few days and then go back and say, all right, I don't know how to work any of this crap, you know, because it's so complicated. You, you almost need to have somebody living in the truck to go with you. Even BMWs, wow. you know, we just talked to Stephen Cole Smith. He had the, what was he driving? A BMW. Let's see. I wrote it down. A 2023 840i convertible. You know, remember way back, and you were on the show with me at the time. It was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago when they came out with iDrive. And I, I yeah. literally called it the I want to kill myself drive because it was yeah. so complicated that I think I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to die behind the wheel trying to turn the heater up or the radio on. And it was, anyway, it was we very. We were at the North American International Auto Show with your booth, with the radio booth. And we had a guy on from BMW and I had told him cars are being returned in Los Angeles. That's right. And he knew it. He knew it. And they were like, look, people are just going to have to adjust to it. But we were like, you know, unfortunately, it just doesn't work well. Yeah, it's 15 years later, and I still haven't adjusted. Hold on, hold on. i got to take a break. You're going to run me into the wall. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Come on, get to it, get to it. Here it is, here it is, crescendo. Yes, there it is. That's the sound Josh requested. He says, I want horns to bring me in. Horns! Because I'm the soul man. Josh well, Hancock. It's for you to have less coffee before we do the show. <laughs> They're having a party. Next They're having a party and the food is getting cold. So hurry up, get your stuff out. Yeah. What have you been doing? I, now, you told me in the commercial so, break about uh, yes. the Ian Fleming Foundation, which is the guy who wrote all the James Bond films. Josh is our Hollywood yes. car consultant, the guy that matches the car with the character in all things film and television. Therefore, when the Ian Fleming Foundation has something at the Peterson Automotive Museum, which... Uh, Mr. Peterson started Motor Trend, Hot Rod Magazine, and all that. And we used to do the show there years ago. It's, isn't that weird how long ago it's been, Josh? It's bizarre. It feels like yesterday. I know. Me, but go ahead. Yeah. But anyway, they had an event there. You were there. And you're going to tell I, us yeah, all about this. You know, I don't think people realize. I didn't even realize until I was invited and they wanted to talk to me about cars. The Ian Fleming Foundation, you know, its edict is to save particularly automobiles and props from the Bond films. Oh. And the foundation owns 41 vehicles. Wow. Now that includes motorboats and airplanes, but a whole cachet of cars. And they're looking to redo and acquire more, which was why I was invited. Oh, that's cool. And the Peterson right now, it's closing at the end of October. And if you haven't been... There is a Bond exhibit with submarines, automobiles, planes, and motorboats 
which is really well done. It's been one of their most popular exhibits. And who doesn't love a good Bond film? Now, you said they're closing when? But you're talking about this exhibit. They, they, this the, exhibit. the exhibit ah. is ending at the end of October. Okay, okay, okay. And it's been up over a year, and it's probably been, I would have to venture, one of their most successful exhibits ever. Mm. I have been, people I, who are movie fans will go in to see these cars. You yeah. Know? I have not been back to the Peterson Museum probably in a good uh, two years because of the pandemic and all that garbage. Yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, they're doing well, yeah. and uh, they've had some very great shows, as always. And of course, you know, once a month there's a cruise in for something. You know, it's either a Ferrari or a Shelby. There's a Shelby event coming up this weekend, I think, mm. and um, a lot of Shelby stuff there. Mm. And uh, you know, we're lucky to have that museum. Yeah. No, I had a good time. So I was, I was going to say, too, there's a car from Her Majesty's Secret Service, which starred George Lazenby as James Bond. And the car that's in the chase is a cougar. Wait a minute. You mean... A Mercury Cougar. He gets <laughs> oh, picked up by the female femme fatale. In a Mercury Cougar, and they outrun these Mercedes and Minis. That's funny. And that car is on display. Uh, who's to know, right? Well, and it's kind How of... funny it, is that? It, it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, to see these cars in real life, and then if they've got, you know, v yeah. video footage or, or photographs of the stars yeah. and things. And I actually saw a Which, picture on, uh, on Facebook last night. There Something, I don't know, classic... Marilyn Monroe, and they they showed you know here's Norma Jean when she was 17 yeah. on the beach with her natural color hair which was kind of like a not blonde but you know brownish dirty blonde kind of you know brown and she she looked like a very attractive young teenager and then you know you see what happened what Hollywood kind of did to her I guess you could say which was kind of sad because her her end wasn't. Uh, wasn't pretty. Uh, all right, hold tight. Well, look, hold. look what Hollywood did to you. You moved back to Oregon. Uh, well, that, that thank God. With my cows. <laughs> Became and, a farmer. And my llama and my alpaca and my pigs and my goats <laughs> and my sheep and my chickens. My chickens. Did I mention my chickens? I did the chickens. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness. Welcome back to The Drive. Now here's your host, Alan Taylor. See where Josh wanted horns to bring him in. I wanted that crazy sound. Um, 
Josh Hancock is here. Look at, what? Look at the surprise on my face. Uh, <laughs> the yes, surprise. Alan, I'm right here. I'm right here. I haven't left. Uh, oh. I, I do want to say I got a long-term loan, and, and this is not through corporate. This was through a dealer group. Uh, a Mercedes CLS AMG 5.3. CLS. That's a four-door. That is a big four-door, right. but it really is designed like a Porsche Panamera. There's not really a lot of room in those back seats or the trunk. Right. It's a very sporty car, and you wonder, well, why wouldn't you get a roomy sedan like an E or an F? And yet, after driving this car, I didn't think I'd fall in love with it, but I had it for almost two months. I really liked it mm. because it's... It's what's going away. I mean, you know, that car will become electric and it'll do fine, but it'll lose something in that translation right. of losing that, that motor and the rumble that the car had. But Well, um, you know what AMG stands for now with the electric car coming? Almost what? gone. <laughs> <laughs> no more well, AMG. They, they already have AMG versions of their electric cars. Yeah, well, and you know, yeah. listen, here's the thing. If they use it right, the electric part yeah. of it is a performance equation. I mean, it's just a totally. bam out of the totally. gate. But Totally, but the difference is you don't need to get the AMG version to have a super fast car, and you can get it in a Tesla 3 or a Mustang Mach-E just as fast. That's what's amazing. Yeah. The sad you thing know, for me is, you know, what's happening to the auto industry through, oh, can I say political pressure? I think it's political pressure to move into the electric era. And I believe that there needs to be some pushback because what you don't stop from happening then becomes partly your fault. In other words, the auto industry needs to push back and say, hey, wait a minute. Hey, L.A., you live in L.A. Hey, well, you got rolling brownouts already and blackouts are coming. You know, you don't want me to even use my toaster after 8 o'clock at night. What's going on? But here's, here's something that I think is interesting. I see it as political pressure from Europe. It was Germany that pushed the EU to make the internal combustion engine illegal. So when you have the home of Porsche... Audi, Mercedes-Benz, and BMW saying, we're no longer going to be able to make gas cars. The Americans had to go, oh, okay. Nah. And yeah. they, they originally pushed it. What do you mean, no? Nah? I said no. That's what I'm saying. The, I think it's a bunch Americans, of hogwash. The Americans had plans to slowly turn everything into plug-in hybrids as a first step. I think that's the and way to go. They, and I agree, but they got pushed by the Europeans, I'm telling you. Yeah. I, it, didn't, I, it wasn't born out of this political situation that you want to create here. O-M-G. <laughs> Not A-M-G, O-M-G. Me and Josh, it, listen, Josh it and I... Become, it has become a political situation, but initially it was Europe that pushed it on the U.S. Josh and I have been friends since the day he walked by my radio booth at the Los Angeles Auto Show when I was working, was doing Motor Trend Radio. And here comes this guy. In the late 1800s. He was walked by with his long (laughs) mullet. I remember that mullet. That's how far back it goes. 
a mullet, and he was tr- he was so young. He was trying to grow a mustache. Still can't grow a good mustache. <laughs> but he was trying to grow a mustache. He looked like um, Jeff Jeff Gordon when he was twenty nine, still trying to grow his first mustache. Uh, and he looks at me, and I'm doing a radio show, and I'm watching him walk by because he was kind of eye contact. And I'm like, I, I point at my eyeballs, and I point at you. I'm watching you. <laughs> and I go, come here. Hey, you, come here. Because somebody was going to do a, uh, if you remember, somebody was going to do a video shoot. I go, come here, sit in this chair. And, and, and you go, oh, okay. You needed photographs of the booth. Yeah, we did. You know, like yeah. we were doing an yeah. interview. I just needed somebody sitting in the chair. Yeah. And, and the body. that is how we met, I got to tell you. And we've been friends for, it's yeah. been 20 years at least. So uh, it's funny. We are completely, completely different. The odd couple. Totally the odd couple. You know, it's just really funny. I mean, yes, I know. But anyway, no, I, I think that we are going to see pushback. Is my, to get the longest journey to get to my point. We are going I, to see pushback. 100% agree. Okay. 100% agree. Because we have to. There's not and enough I'm electricity. Hoping, I'm hoping for that pushback. Even, even you know. Jim Farley is like, look, we don't have a product for everybody. We can't pull this together. This is, uh, this he's talking about I'm the gonna uh, be very, president of Ford the, the Motor president Company. president of Ford yeah. Motor Company. I'm going to be honest with everybody. We're not going to be able to do that. So we're going to take it as it goes. Whereas Mary Barra, the head of GM, initially said they'd be all electric by 2030. That was insane. Ah. She did that to affect her stock. Yeah. That's what's going on. Manipulation. I can't stand it. All right, Josh. Thank you. Joshcar.com. You can find him. Goodbye. You can find him at at the at sign, which looks a little like Josh with a black eye. The at sign, Josh Carr on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram is Josh. Twitter, Twitter, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Instagram is at Josh Carr Inc. Okay, Instagram, and joshcar.com. All right, get off the radio. I got Stephen Cole Smith on hold. We'll be right back. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) We'll be right back. Bye, Alan. Bye-bye. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, it's time to check in on the world of motorsports with Stephen Cole Smith and Haggerty.com. Grassroots Motorsports. He's a motorsports journalist extraordinaire. Steve, what's going on, brother? Well, NASCAR had some big news this week. Uh Uh, Kyle Busch, who has driven for Joe Gibbs for 15 years when that... uh, M&M's car is moving to Richard Childress racing, which mm. uh, is kind of bizarre because back in 2011, it's just like it was yesterday. Childress got mad at him for leaning on his driver in a, a truck race. And it was the famous hold my watch fight 
where Childress marched down to Kyle Busch and gave his Rolex to one of his assistants and said, hold my watch, and went in and punched the hell out of Kyle Busch. <laughs> so now they're, uh, now they're on the same side of the table. Oh, uh, he'll be driving the number eight car next year, which is kind of interesting because Tyler Reddick drives that car now, and he has a contract with uh, Richard Childress for 2023, but he's leaving in 2024, so he's going to be kind of the odd man out. I have a feeling he's going to have a long year, being that he uh, quit a year ahead of the time he's actually leaving. So uh, Kyle Busch and Richard Childers, that's, that's going to be a fascinating combination, I tell you. Well, you have to figure that it must be a pretty healthy contract for him to, you know, do it the way he did. Must have been a lot of money involved. What do you think? I think so, too. But it's uh, it kind of got down to where, you know, they're playing musical chairs and there's not that many chairs left. He kind of left uh, Joe Gibbs' team because of money. They couldn't find a sponsor for him, which gives you an idea that he's probably, you know, pretty expensive and I guess Richard Childers thinks he can do it, and Childers is willing to kind of give Kyle another chance. Mm-hmm. Kyle's had a bad year. He's got a win. He's in the championship hunt. But it just hasn't – things just haven't come together for him in 2022. So I think he's looking to start over in 2023, and I think it's going to be good for him. You know, I have not – I don't think I've really had time with Richard Childress, but I, I met Joe Gibbs – about uh, 2018 or so before the pandemic garbage. But what a nice man he was. I mean, he seems like a real, just a gentleman kind of a guy. Of course, he was on his best behavior. But Childress, I I haven't heard anything, you know, that he's a hothead or anything. But uh, I don't know. I just, I I got good vibes from Joe Gibbs, you know. Yeah, well, Childress is kind of a hothead. He's known for for, uh, kind of, wearing his heart on his sleeve. You know, yeah. he's a big game hunter. I think he ah. was the president or the chairman of the NRA. Right. He's an interesting guy. If you go to his museum, you walk through all these cars and then you hit his big game collection and big game starts with squirrels uh, <laughs> and, th- and, and practically every animal you can possibly shoot and work your way up. <laughs> which was just kind of jarring for me. Like I'm walking through, here's Dale Earnhardt's car, here's Dale Jr.'s car, and hey, there's a dead rabbit, you know, in the next room. And uh, it was kind of bizarre, but Childers is his own man, and, you know, he's already got his grandson driving for him, Austin Dillon. So this is going to be interesting to have Kyle Busch in there. Kyle's uh, 37 years old. He's not a kid anymore, but he's certainly not, old enough to to put out the pasture but he's really going to have an interesting year i have a feeling mm-hmm. next year with uh, richard childers interesting well i know indy wrapped up uh what do we got left here on uh, nascar nascar is uh still got plenty of time left they're uh working their way through the the uh championship hunt they just had their first race last week kansas city Hollywood Casino 400, where Bubba Wallace won his first race of the year. Another guy who wasn't in the chase and won, which is kind of unusual. 
they uh it was it was a good race bubba won it outright he didn't uh it wasn't a rain delay race or anything he just flat out drove the field and uh was really looking good i think it kind of made him feel like this year wasn't a waste and he made a comment in victory lane that he's kind of puts the people who had been wondering why he couldn't win to, to kind of puts them to rest and then they're moving on this week to Bristol to the Bristol night race tonight, 7:30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, of course, that's always one of the great races on the schedule, the Bristol night race. You know, the shortest track on the the schedule, a high bank track. Things just seem to happen when they turn the lights on there. Yeah, Bristol under the lights. All right, so NASCAR and uh, moving on to NHRA. NHRA is just starting their uh, countdown, too. They uh, have uh, the countdown is one race in. Brittany Force is leading in the points as far as uh, top fuel goes. Antron Brown is down in sixth place. He's uh, doing pretty well and coming up. Mike Salinas, Justin Ashley, Steve Torrance, and Josh Hart are the ones that have clinched a position. And funny card, Robert Height is the number one guy. John Force is down around number five. He's not too far out. And in pro stock, Eric Enders is the, the top driver. This week, they're going to Maple Grove in Pennsylvania, should be a good race. It always is in Maple Grove, and uh, it's it, people are are going to start getting eliminated pretty soon, and nobody wants that to happen. So look for some pretty good competition. It seems like they've had pretty good uh, weather for uh, drag racing. I don't know. I mean, I, where I live, the weather's been absolutely awesome, other than a few fires here and there. But I know different parts of the country. The, uh, the, you know, the, the, whatever the tornadoes or whatever the heck they're, you know, they get, I saw some flooding here and there, but you know, where you're standing is what the weather like is all over the whole world until you watch the right. news and go, Oh geez, it's raining over there. You know, uh, matter of fact, a friend of ours, Chris Jacobs was in Chicago for a, a baseball game or whatever he was doing there. And, and it was like pouring down rain. And I thought raining, it's 105 degrees today. What's going on? Anyway, so funny. <laughs> You're right. The uh, NASCAR has had some problems with weather this year, but it seems like uh, NHRA has been blessed with some really good days to run. It's been hot sometimes, but, you know, that's not a problem. Maple Grove this week is the 15th through the 18th, so they'll be running the uh, – eliminations tomorrow they had them on uh labor day then the next race is the z-max dragway in charlotte where they have the four wide races so uh it's going to get interesting pretty quick before they get down to the season finale in pomona at the end of the year oh interesting all right well uh, we'll take a little break here come back and uh, you could talk a little bit about the uh you know, indie wrap up and uh, what happened there for the season, and then maybe uh, maybe you talk about a little car you've been driving. It's called the Drive. I know you drive cars too. You're a journalist, not just Absolutely. motorsports. Yes, very good. Uh, you can find a lot of these uh, writings that uh, Steve reports on at uh, Haggerty.com, along with uh, Grassroots Motorsports and others. 
I'm Alan Taylor, Stephen Cole Smith, and to me, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and battering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Hey, brother, there's an endless road to rediscover. Yes, there is. This is The Drive. We're talking about motorsports with my friend Stephen Cole-Smith from Haggerty, haggerty.com on the web, and Grassroots Motorsports, many other publications he writes for, one of the preeminent motorsports journalists in the industry. Steve, the Indy wrap-up. And, you know, I, I kind of have a question on the back side of this is, you know, uh, how, do I, how do I say this without sounding uh, mean? But it seems like during COVID, motorsports really got got slammed pretty darn hard. And uh, I know, you know, of course, uh, Indy's wrapped up, but maybe you could give us the wrap on that. And then let's talk about that for a minute. Is it recovering? So give us a little wrap up on Indy. Yeah, I think, well, uh, to get Indy out of the way, Will Power won another championship. It's been a while, but the 41-year-old driver for Roger Penske just kept plugging away and plugging away wow. and had a pretty good weekend last weekend at Laguna Seca. Joseph Newgarden is second in the points. Scott Dixon is third. Looked like Dixon might be able to pull it out, but third was the best he can do. It's been a good season for IndyCar. It's been a good season for just about everybody. IMSA hasn't finished yet. They've still got Petit Le Mans in October. NASCAR is going to go through November. IndyCar had a study a few years ago saying that you shouldn't go against pro football in the TV land, and they finished their season on Sunday. They moved it up before pro football really got started, Mm. and the numbers have been pretty good. But, yeah, you're right. Just about everybody got their season in during COVID, but it was a jagged season. Remember NASCAR running on Tuesday nights and right. running back at the same track. They ran Daytona, I think, three times that first year of, of COVID. And uh, I think things are really back to normal now. I think the first part of this season, you really saw that. People came out. It was like they'd been in a cloud for a long time and they walked out into the sun. It's kind of tapered off a little bit now in terms of ratings and in terms of uh, attendance. Kansas had a good turnout at uh, for NASCAR last weekend. I think Bristol's going to do pretty well, too. But there's been some tracks where there were still good seats available mm. in every series. Nobody is really selling out. But it's been a good year overall. I think people are... are breathed a sigh of relief both uh, on the business side and the fan side and kind of felt like things were getting back to normal you know because it seems like and don't get me wrong this week you know the stock market took a gigantic slam and then of course biden came out with his uh 
new thing, whatever the heck it was. And he was saying, oh, there's no inflation. It's like, don't believe the man behind the curtain on Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I, you know, I... Biden I, doesn't do his grocery shopping and stop at the gas pump. Right. So I, I got a feeling. I mean, the disposable income for people just isn't there. And that's what they used to use to go and do their passion play, you might say, for whether it go to right. the races and buy T-shirts and hats and all that stuff to seem to be, you know, really uh, damaged. And I thought, well, is it even repairable? Because now we're now that we're kind of clear of the one thing. We've got this um, pocketbook issue, you might say. And then, you know, I also heard that, well, you know, some things are up, but other things are down. I don't know anything that's down except the economy. Nothing's down. Nothing. Nothing. You know? In fact, I was just, before we were talking, I was on Craigslist and on Auto Trader and a few others. I like to, you know, just keep an eye on what the used car market is doing. Right. And man, I can't believe what some of the cars are selling for. Uh, I used to be able to buy a Miata just two years ago, a nice one for six, seven thousand dollars, and those cars are about twelve thousand now. Yeah, that's bizarre. Um, just same thing with pickup trucks, same thing with everything. And you know, I went grocery. I do a lot of the grocery shopping for for the family, and man, I just I just can't believe some of the prices I'm seeing on things that used to be affordable, and all of a sudden. You know, they're uh, chicken wings for $7, and they used to be $4.50. Right. It's, uh, and I, I don't see an end to it. I don't know where this silver lining is in this thing. I, I'm just, they can keep raising the entry or interest rates all they want, but, man, it's not doing any good. Yeah. This Speaking of chicken wings, this is chicken foot. It's called learning to fall. We're all having to learn to fall lately, flat on our face when our disposable income just You'd reach into the piggy jar, the piggy bank, and it's it's empty. Um, although there was a special on chicken necks the other day, I didn't buy them. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll take a break. Ah. <laughs> chicken necks. What are you going to do with it? Well, I've been told I have a chicken neck <laughs> by birth. But <laughs> we'll take a break. It is the drive. Stephen Cole Smith will be right back. I'm Alan Taylor. Stay with us. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Dodge and domestic, not domesticated. Thanks to Dodge for sponsoring the show. Stephen Cole Smith is here and uh, works with Haggerty.com. He typically does motorsports. And if he's not doing motorsports, he's driving something that is very fast and uh, I see here, Steve, on the list you have a 2023 BMW. It's a convertible 840i, about one hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> 
So well, it's a hundred thousand forty-five dollars. Oh, If you walk in with a hundred thousand dollar bill, <laughs> they take it. it. Yeah, if there's such a thing. Here, I have a hundred thousand dollar bill. Can you break it for me? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard enough breaking a hundred dollar bill anyway. So how was it? It was great. It's very sophisticated. It's pretty conservative in terms of the way it looks, and uh, it's fast, but it's not blisteringly fast. It has a six-cylinder engine in it. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, though, I had a BMW Competition M4, and that was over 500 horsepower, Mm. and that is a car that I would drive every day for the rest of my life very happily. Kind of Richard Petty Blue, if that gives you an idea of what it looked like. Yeah, that light blue. Uh, This one was... This BMW A40i was white with a black top, and Ooh. there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's, it's you know, I'm old, but it felt like a car that's for somebody even a little bit older than me. Mm. But I sure wouldn't turn it down because putting the top down with one button and, you know, it just it's down in 15 seconds and taking off. One thing I really liked, it had, you know, most of the cars we get have some kind of adjustable suspension like a comfort and a sport and something like that but this thing had a an adaptive where it just kind of guessed at what the road conditions are based on your speed and and what you're doing and that really was fantastic combination of handling and ride so i just left it an adaptive for most of the time and it can adapt me anytime it wants <laughs> and that's adopt by the way. oh anyway <laughs> oh is it adopt yeah well, i need to be adopted before i could afford it so a hundred thousand bucks isn't it weird to think you know i mean i remember and i guess i'm getting old myself i remember thinking twenty thousand was a lot for a car and you know, I, re- yeah. I in in the the early '80s, I bought a brand new GMC diesel three quarter ton Silverado truck, and it was like thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars. And I, I'm looking in the newspapers, and I I'm like, I'm not in the newspapers. Look at that! I haven't even seen a newspaper in years. But I'm looking <laughs> in the uh, the classifieds is what I meant to say, and of of Facebook Marketplace and and you know Auto Trader and all. I look all around. I see cars. I because of all the guys I know. I look all over, and it's the same all over. A new truck, you can spend eighty to a hundred thousand, really easy. And if you really want right. it, you can spend a hundred and twenty or a hundred and thirty thousand. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I'm not sure who has that kind of money, but somebody does. I guess a lot of it is lease. I guess a lot of it is what eighty-two month payments. Uh, yeah. You know, financing. But I just have a feeling there's going to be a kind of a, a coming to the Lord there where. There's going to be repossessions left and right when people just can't afford the note on some of these vehicles that they've got now. Yeah. Because, man, it's, uh, you know, when one of the Ford dealers here, one of the biggest ones in the country, is advertising an F-150 for 49.9 as their loss leader. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's sobering. Yeah. And you know what's funny is they'll sell it. That's the crazy yeah. part oh, about yeah. this whole thing right now. I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's something that is so unintuitive. It's like, huh? So I, I, I'm not going to try and retrain my brain because I don't think this is the new normal. This is not normal for anybody. I've been telling a lot of I my friends, not. yeah, just hold on. Fix your car one or two more times because, you know, I mean, another year and our world is going to be different, I think. I just look at the world today and think this is not sustainable, what's going on today. And the, the whole electric yeah. car thing. Yeah. Is such lunacy. And part of the, part of the problem is we're getting old too. I mean, I 
I bought my 77 Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am for $6,600. <laughs> Brand new. I'd never, I'd never be able to afford it, and I did. I, I but, you know, my first car, a Mustang Mach 1, I paid 3600 for. And I'm not sure why that car all of a sudden is now about $40,000. I know. Um, or more. That's I know, infl- I know inflation has hit hard, but that's a lot of inflation well, what's over funny, the years. And- yeah, is, is if I guess the rich get richer. I don't know. But it just seems like classic cars are through the roof. New cars are through the roof. I don't know. It's, it's a confusing thing to me. Uh, Steve and Cole yeah. Smith, thank you, sir. Uh, you can find Steve at Haggerty. Dot com and um, I'm Alan Taylor. That's it for us today. Uh, we'll see you next week, Steve. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you, buddy. Yep. See you next week. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.